Hey everyone. I had an awesome time catching up with Katie today. What she's accomplished in her career is truly incredible. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy the episode. Uh, during the episode, we talk about how she has become a TikTok creator, the satisfaction she gets from being a personal mentor, as well as what it's like to launch a brand, one of the hottest brands we've ever tracked, right in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, so remember, if you liked the show, be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe. Also, if you have any dream guests that you want me to try and go out and get Shoot me a message. I'll do my best. Uh, thanks, everyone. Enjoy the show. Influencers, inspiration, and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. This is Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Here's Connor Begley. Welcome to Earned, everybody. Today, we're going to learn from the CMO of one of the hottest brands that we have ever tracked, Katie Welch. Welcome to the show, Katie. Hi, Connor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Of course, and I can tell you that I am more grateful that you are here than I am here, because uh, I'm always here. But uh, no, <laughs> I think uh, your background is just so stellar. I think for those that don't know you, right, you were the EVP of global brands at Weber Shandwick, and you also had almost 10 years of kind of senior agency experience. And Weber Shandwick's not a fly-by-night operation, right? It's a 4,000-person agency. Um, then you were the you helped build and sell Hourglass Cosmetics as a CMO to Unilever Prestige. You then helped launch Honest Beauty, and then founding CMO of Rare Beauty, which uh, you don't know this stat, but it is the most successful launch of any beauty brand we've tracked since 2019. So that's pretty good. I didn't go back further, but other than maybe Fenty Beauty, the most successful we've probably ever ever tracked. And then you also have a TikTok where you are mentoring people and have 16,000 fans, which is like, <laughs> so you're an influencer now too, which is great. So uh, yeah, just so glad to have you on. Oh, thanks, Connor. Uh, I'm so, Well, I'm a big Tribe fan. I've been working with Tribe since, since Hourglass. So I'm excited to finally um, have an in-person conversation as much as this is in-person versus a email or phone. So thanks of for course. having me. Of course. Um, well, let's, let's, uh, I want to know about your TikTok. So I want to know, this is the one that I, I poked through. I watched a bunch of videos. One, you know, who inspired it? Was it all you or was there somebody that pushed you? And then, you know, what have you learned as part of that process? Cause I think, you know, it's gotta be really cool to like see the other side of it. Cause you interact with so many creators. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. I, I, I love TikTok so much. I am I, obsessed equally. I am, I am <laughs> obsessed. And, uh, so I'm part of the, TikTok creator, the learn on, learn on TikTok creators group, TikTok, um, because TikTok is, um, there's a side of TikTok that's all about education and learning. And so they've mm -hmm. tapped a handful of people to help continue to create that content. And I am, I can't believe it, but I'm, I'm one of their creators. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so back to, back it's to like masterclass. Um, so yeah. cool. So I, uh, obviously when TikTok first launched, you know, after Musical.ly, when it sort of, it, I guess that was 2019, when it really started to get traction, I was just on there paying it, like trying to create content with my dog. I was not about to do the renegade dance um, <laughs> at all, nor will I ever try and do that. But I really just loved it. And I think as a marketer, I really, I always try to pay attention to what's capturing people's attention. And my goodness, mm -hmm. does TikTok capture people's attention? And I was just fascinated by it. I was fascinated by, of course, the app and the algorithm and how it works, but then also the content that was being put out there because those who are creating TikToks, they're really creative. And I love creative people, you know, expressions of creativity. So it's, the way people were editing things, the things that they were talking about, the fact that it served up someone different every time I opened up my For You page, I just think, thought it was fascinating. 
But I never said, oh, you know, I want to get on TikTok. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also know that also as a marketer, you have to use the platforms to truly understand them. So yeah, I did that back in 2007 with Twitter, you know, and so then here we are now with, with TikTok. And I thought, oh gosh, how am I going to do this? So I didn't really think through it because I really did not want to do that. Not only did I not want to do the renegade dance, no one wanted to see that. So um, I, God, goodness, no. But okay, so that was happening. And then I started to think about, um, honestly, I started, to, we, we were hiring for Rare Beauty. We were looking, you know, building the team. And I started to think about how did I get into beauty? How did I learn mm -hmm. about it? How did I start out? Um, I would love to say that it was just a few years ago, but it was in the 90s. And it was because I met one person who mm. I saw her career path. And she uh, was a, an executive at Estee Lauder. And I I was 19. And when I saw her career path, I thought, you can do that? I mean, I grew up in Missouri. I didn't grow up in the tri-state area or LA. Like, I didn't know these headquarters. I, and when I saw that, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's what I want to do. That I love makeup. I love beauty. I didn't know that I could do something with it. And so that sort of went off, like I, that, that idea, that light bulb went off in my head. And I was like, I want to be able to pay it forward. I don't have a daughter. I don't have, you know, so I, it's not like I can, I don't have a child <laughs> to, to sort yeah. of influence, not yet at least. So I thought, gosh, what can I do to sort of do what that woman did for me? And then at the same time, as then I go and open up TikTok and I'm looking at the renegade dances and I thought, oh, wait a second. I wonder if I could do something to then sort of scale this concept of this idea of uh, talking about the beauty industry and sort of pulling back mm -hmm. the curtain a little bit and saying, because, it, you know, as I was just not even at Rare Beauty, but my whole career, you know, the way people get into beauty so often it's through um, connections. It's through, you know, it's, it's kind of a guarded industry or it's so competitive and that's not fair. You know, you yeah, don't have yeah. to, it shouldn't be that way. So kind of just the way when I met Robin and I saw that path, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and use TikTok to break down all of the different types of career paths so that people can understand that if they, they don't have to be a makeup artist. Like, yes, of course you could be great at makeup artistry or creative or marketing, but there's also operations, regulatory, HR, finance, planning and allocation, e-commerce, digital, product development, package design. Like there's so many different career paths that you could easily sort of find a job and find your way into the beauty industry. You don't have to necessarily, it helps to know someone certainly, but you don't have to know someone, you don't have to be a makeup artist. So I was just trying to break down sort of all of those uh Barriers, barriers potentially. Or, yeah. 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 To talk about, okay, these, you want to get into it. These are the different career paths. These are the places where you can find a job or talk about marketing and then really sort of be more of a marketing mentor. Like, okay, so you want to launch a product? This is what's involved. <laughs> and, and so I just did a handful and this was back in, I don't know, November or something. And then it just started to get traction. And I, I was getting these really awesome questions and I love people. Like if I, I not, in the sense of I just like to talk to people or be a people person, but I'm really fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by their passions, their endeavors, their potential. And so I started to get these amazing questions and I wanted to help them. I'm like, they had legit questions like, okay, well, I 
I work at Sephora and I want to get into a brand's education team, or I work at Ulta and I don't understand about why, who is this person that comes in to Ulta? Um, or will you help me look at my resume? And I thought, oh gosh, how am I going to do this? So I, um, and I, and because you put yourself out there, you sort you don't, I didn't want to not respond. Yeah. Yeah. So then I said, okay, do you, I'll, does, do you guys want to meet like one-on-one? Should I do one-on-one mentor sessions? And I honestly, Connor, I didn't think. I was like, you know, 10 people. Great. <laughs> 10 people. <laughs> that that video went viral. Um, yeah, and as yeah. every marketer knows, you cannot predict a viral video. You cannot set out to create a viral video. <laughs> that was my next Never. question was like, how do you, what's the difference between, because I would look and, you know, so most of them are here. And then every once in a while, they're like 10X or 20X. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll get, okay, so we'll get into Because <laughs> the other thing, the other benefit of doing this is then I've learned a lot about the algorithm and how it works. And then so when I talk to the team mm. to say, wait a minute, should we try this? Should we try that? I doesn't, at least they know, okay, well, Katie has, You're informed, has right? a sense of how it yeah, works, yeah, kind of. Yeah, um, but yeah. not that it's formulaic and not that TikTok is, is it's so different. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so, oh, I, uh, sorry, this is so, so No, this is great. No. Um, so I posted, uh, like a form. I posted a, a type form and I thought, you know, I'm going to put a ton of questions that they have to fill out. And because if you're really interested, then you'll go through all the questions. And if you're, it'll weed out those who aren't interested. And I was worried that people would just think it's an opportunity to maybe meet Selena Gomez. And yeah, you know, but lo and behold, I, I next thing you know, I had a hundred responses. Oh, wow. And it cut yeah. off at a hundred because I just used the free type form and thank goodness <laughs> it wouldn't get going. Um, and because I thought I can't, I can't take, and these, the responses were great. And there are individuals who are early in their career in college. There's one person in high school that they just wanted help. And for, for many different reasons, whether it was, um, I, I don't, I don't have anyone to ask and I just mm-hmm, have a few questions mm-hmm. or, um, you know, then some, a lot of questions like, well, I want to be you. How do I be you? And I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 hold up. Like <laughs> take that stress off of your shoulders. Let's walk through. Like, it's not a linear path. Like yeah, we'll yeah. get there. Let's talk Everybody's through gonna your be different. career, your early yeah. career. Yes, exactly. But, um, so I've mentored almost a hundred people so far. Wow. Uh, off the, off the app, which has been great because it was something that was, I would do it every morning from like eight to eight thirty, yeah. and it was kind of tired. Like I'd wake up like, oh boy, I'm tired. Why? But then when I'd hang up, oh boy. Because you you like, like, you're supposed to be inspiring, right? Like you're supposed to, you know, and that's hard, right? Right. Like, well, uh, you know, because it's, you know, we're still working full time. And, but then, but then, then at 8.30 when it was done, I was always inspired. Like I was, I, I swear every single person with whom I spoke, they I loved them. Like I loved what they had to say. I learned from them. It was just awesome. And to be able to help someone and watch the stress kind of not totally melt, but like, you know, I I remember there was this one woman, a stew, and she said to me, oh, Katie, I've only worked at Sephora. And I'm like, wait, hold on. You have worked (laughs) in beauty. You can't say that. What do you mean? Because she worked retail, but she really wanted to work in the brand. So we talked through sort of her resume and how she taught. And I said, let's talk about who you've met, what you've learned, how, what you understand about operations, education, 
brand yeah, marketing, product super marketing. super valuable information. Totally. And so it, it was almost, she just needed to talk it through with someone. Yeah. And so once she saw it, like everything, it's all about the narrative you tell yourself. And once she saw that and heard that, she was like, oh, okay. All right. I feel a lot better. I go, see, like you're on the right path. And sometimes people just need that person to help like anything, we all need that person to help us see see things in a new light. Um, yeah, being able to provide that perspective for people uh, has to be yeah. super impactful. Yeah, to help just talk. Everyone needs someone to talk through things with. And so if I could do that and sort of, um, that it, it would be awesome. I, so, so, and that it would be, it has been, it has been really rewarding, personally rewarding, truly. And so, so I started doing those. And then, and then the TikTok started taking off because then I would say these, the individuals, when I'd meet with them, they'd say, well, I watched all your TikTok videos before we talked. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. God, you did? You really did? You're really paying attention to these things. <laughs> and uh, they were. And so then now now I really try and put thought into them, which makes it even a little bit more time-consuming or hard because I, I then second-guess myself, like, because I'm still human. Um, yeah. But you don't want to give – you, like, feel bad about giving bad yeah, advice like, okay, or, like – good advice? Yeah, no, it's hard. Uh, and the other thing is the, the best part is that three people have found jobs. Oh, wow. All people that I've spoken with. Yeah. So it's just, they're just a great group. And I love, so I love TikTok. I love going on live and just answering questions. And, and then the the added benefit is now for Rare Beauty. I, I understand the platform. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. It's the giving advice is tough. Like I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs as well. And like, you know, I've had some experiences and we've, we've done all right. But, uh, you know, like giving him guidance, like, like, I think this is right, but like, I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction. Like, yeah, know, yeah, no. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. always say like, yeah, the question I get a lot, well, there's a ton, but, um, you know, should I get my MBA? Ah, and I don't have my MBA yeah. and I, but, but I always bring back to, it is a personal decision. So at the end of the day, you're never telling anyone what to do. It's really no, just helping no, them no. think through the options and weighing everything, uh, weighing all the possibilities. But yeah. it's, but it's, it's, I think what everyone, the thing that everyone likes to hear are sort of all the different paths within beauty um, and sort of, and the thing, uh, and kind of helping them understand what, you know, everyone, they all want to find their passion. I just want to do what I'm passionate about. I'm like, well, do you mm-hmm. know that yet? No. <laughs> so, well, which is true. I mean, you think about yeah, what I, yeah, think yeah. I say. Yeah. I didn't actually say out loud I would like to be the CMO of a beauty brand until 2014. Okay. Or so. Yeah. I was at Weber Shanwick and I and I was like, you know what? This that's actually what I want to do. I had been working for 15 years at that point. So when they hear that, they're like, "Oh, so you didn't know right away? Like you didn't know the second you graduated college?" And it's like, "No." But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's just more pressures now. There's like LinkedIn pressure from these college kids. Anyway, well, because you can go and see everybody stuff, else's but... LinkedIn, right? And of course, yes. LinkedIn, just like Instagram, is very manicured. It's going to look just sure. like everything is in a perfect order, linear yeah. progression. And you can look at everybody and be like, ooh, well, I'm not there, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's a lot of pressure there. Um, and well, that was about... something we didn't have anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about your background, though. I mean, the other, uh, actually, to go to that, it, yeah. There's two things, right? So one, totally, there wasn't that pressure back then. At the same time, though, 
you also just like that, like accessibility, visibility, you get to see like, oh, like I can look at so many different people and see so many different paths that were obscure in the past, right? Mm -hmm. In the past, they would just see, oh, you're the CMO and they'd have Mm -hmm. no idea what your path was to getting there. And they can say, oh, wow, you know, she spent some time at an agency and then she was at this brand and then she did this thing. And like, they kind of, I I think there's, there's a lot of benefit there too. You know what I mean? Well, and it's so different than other beauty CMOs or other sort of consumer brand CMOs for sure. And I think that's what the key is when you're younger is to figure out what you like. And because ultimately, or not, not, excuse me, wait, scratch that part. I might have said it back. (laughs) Is to figure out, is to figure out (laughs) what you're good at Uh because that becomes what you, what you like. And like, you think like, I love beauty products but I'm not a product developer, you know? And so yeah, I could have said yeah. like, but my passion is makeup. But, but what I'm good at is taking what's been developed, seeing the potential and bringing it to life, amplifying it, seeing the big mm-hmm. idea, storytelling. I didn't know, you don't, you don't know that when you're graduating college, you know? So, so I think so many people say like, oh, I want to do what I'm passionate about. And you, you can do sort of passion adjacent, you know, it's like I'm passionate about beauty, but I, I don't think I would be a good product developer. My wife always gives me a hard time. She's like, you just don't want to play this game because you're not good at it. And I was like, yeah, I, of you, course. It's way oh. more fun to play games you're good at than games you're not good at. Well, your career, you're going to ultimately like a career where you're, where you're, you're going you're to gravitate what you're, what you're successful for, successful at. It's like if you're a great tax accountant, you may not be passionate about taxes, but if you're good at it, then you're going to like it, I would assume. More not often than not, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something I think telling a lot of the mentees, like you need to get the experience so that you can start to figure out what you're good at, what you gravitate towards. And that's why you're, it's okay to sort of, you, you want to experience all the different things. Or when you start out, the other thing is like starting out, we start at the ground level, walking them through like, okay, yes, you may be doing something that seems like it's not important, but then walking them through sort of the the, 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 the orchestra that is marketing and sort of the, the part that they play and how important it is, then you sort of, it becomes much more meaningful. Of course. And I think, you know, people tend to forget just kind of how long their careers are. And the phrase I've always liked, I've said it before, but, um, is the, you know, people tend to overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. And like thinking in decades is just a really powerful concept. Like, what do I want to accomplish over the next 10 years? Right. And then realizing that like, okay, like I'm 10 years in, I've got another three decades. Like, whoa, I've done a lot in 10 years. Like I could do that again and again and again. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I've always really liked that phrase. I think it's a build. That's really, that's, that's really smart. And it makes so much sense. And I would never have realized it until now, like looking back at like, Hey, what happened in my twenties? What happened in my thirties? And yeah, if you're going to like beginning to end, what was the change? Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, that's a lot of change, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. There you go. I just gave you a quote for your mentees. <gasps> this is great. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I will. It's a Bill I will Gates do that. quote, I'm pretty sure. It's a great one. That's great. Um, well, let's talk about your career a little bit more. Okay. And then I really okay. want to hop in deep into Rare because I think it's yeah. just such a, it's just gone so well. As well as, frankly, a lot of your, I mean, you did so many cool things. Um, but you, you know, you spent a lot of time on the agency side, right? And then, you know, sense of transition to brands and had some brand experience in the past as well. But I'd love to dive into the agency side just for a minute and just talk about, you know, what you learned there. Is that something that you would recommend to other people as a career path? And um, we'd love to hear about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I loved, 
loved working at the agency, on the agency mm -hmm. side. I spent many years at Weber Shandwick, which is a, a global public relations, global communications firm. And what is so special about Weber Shandwick in particular are, are the people. One person, when I look back at my career, who had such a big impact was Gail Hyman, who's the global president and CEO of Weber Shandwick. And what I learned from her, I mean, I first started working there in 2003. And from 2003 all the way up to 2015, a di different port. I was there three times. I think I call it a, bo a boomerang. But because I, I loved, honestly, I loved the people so much and I loved her so much. And not just her as an individual, she's, but she's a brilliant strategic storyteller. And you mm -hmm. you looking back, kind of back to what you're saying about the decades, but looking back in your career and the people who made those, who have impacted your career, not just not just from a um, uh, like a management standpoint, but truly from a, from a, as a teacher, I learned from her by 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 her instruction, but then also just by watching and being involved in in, in in client work or new business pitches, watching how she thinks and how she thinks strategically about sort of how you can understand a brand's business. And then by understanding a brand's business or a brand's objective to move the business forward, whatever that objective may be. Mm -hmm. But then where does storytelling, where do communications, where does marketing play into that? Where does the big idea play into that? So that it's not separate. And I do think you have to understand, you have to learn that. They, people throw around the word strategy. Oh, we have brand strategy, brand strategy. But do you really understand what that means? And how does it impact driving the business forward? And then how does it ultimately drive what your marketing communication strategy is going to be. And I think had I not truly learned that, because you we would learn it whether it was working with Unilever as a client, working, and I worked with Unilever, Chobani, Amazon, Sonos, and you would sit on these interagency teams. And so I was working alongside, I mean, I was in my early 20s, working alongside major ad agencies, digital agencies, shopper marketing, et cetera, and seeing how it all comes together. And... But then also on the also doing new business pitches, pitching whether it was Best Buy, Yahoo, um, Walmart. It, it, when you go in to pitch a new business, you can't just flash up an idea because the brand mm -hmm. team is going to see right through that. So going yeah. through the process and working, being having the the privilege to work alongside the leaders of the agency and seeing how they think of like, okay, this is Best Buy, this is Walmart. We are going to come up with this concept to to pitch the business and then seeing how it works why it works it was invaluable and truly i can mm -hmm. i can i remember being in the best buy pitch and like not just in the room but in the you know in the development of the plan and and be working side by side with her and that's how i learned to think about truly looking at okay this is the business objective this is the problem at hand strategically, this is how we have to approach it. And then from there, that's the, where the plan falls. And if you don't think about that sort of roadmap of an objective strategy and tactic, you could do anything. And especially today when there's so many potential tactics, you know, do an Instagram, do program, <laughs> you, it becomes a tactic soup, you know, and it doesn't actually do anything to move the brand forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's what I find is invaluable. And that's the other a lot thing of pressure. Or sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that's interesting because I, I didn't grow up in a sort of, you know, brand marketing, formal marketing background. I don't have an MBA, but I did learn 
through from from a communications background. But I think today's marketing is so fundamentally different than what yesterday's marketing used to be that you have to understand the power of a brand message, the power of storytelling to then usher that big idea through and to sort of cut through the noise. And like, how does that big idea land and resonate across all these different touch points that the consumer community, individual, human, whomever that they have, like whatever's taking their attention. And if you don't have them all threaded together, like a strong story, like what we would do at Weber Shandwick, it doesn't break through. And then it just becomes a bunch of, you're just doing a bunch of stuff. And I think <laughs> brands, now that brands very easily no, fall know. into the trap of doing a bunch of stuff because there's a lot of stuff to do. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff. There's a lot of shiny pennies. Correct. Yeah. And now I'm not saying don't try it. Like definitely try the new things. But when you try it, make sure your brand comes through and resonates. Make sure your your big idea, whatever that idea may be, like how does it manifest on this platform or this idea or this thing? Uh, and that's the secret, I think, to good to, to really strong marketing programs. And I'd like to say because of my communications background, that's where one of my strengths lie versus maybe a more traditional marketer, perhaps. Yeah, I mean... One of the things that we talked about a lot, right, at the genesis of Tribe was that, um, you know, what's occurred is the cost to publish content, right, mm -hmm. has dropped dramatically. So, you know, 20 years ago, publishing Glamour magazine, very expensive, costly design, print, sell, whatever. And now you can, you know, almost anybody can be a publisher, right? You've got access mm -hmm. to the internet and a phone. You can compete directly with Glamour magazine if you want to. And so what that's resulted in is just a significant increase in the number of publishers, um, yeah. be it individuals, brands, retailers, whatever. And so communications as a function or PR as a function has taken on a significantly increased importance right. over the last 10 or so years in particular. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that background you have there seems super, super valuable for today's market. I mean, like just worked out super well. It's been, and, and back to what we were saying, like, it's something that I, I love and I really, and I went back and forth from brand to agency because I love being at an agency so much. I love storytelling. I love working with all the different brands that it was hard for me to ultimately decide, do I want to be a agency lifer or a brand lifer? Mm -hmm, and what I, mm -hmm. as much as I could just come up with ideas and concepts all day long, I really love watching them come to fruition. And so I think I had my my first real experience doing that when I was the uh, head of integrated marketing at Bliss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in in New York, and uh, but I, I think yeah, I think I, I think I'm a, a brand person now because it is it's so rewarding to come up with these concepts or things or partnerships or have have someone's vision and and bring it to life. I've had been fortunate to work with so many amazing founders and partner with them to say, okay, you brilliant, you have a brilliant idea. Let's see how this, how can we bring this to life so that it really moves the needle? Yeah. Talk to me about that experience with Hourglass. I know you're a big fan of the founder there and obviously, yeah. you know, yeah. she's <laughs> obviously brilliant. it, it, uh, kind of had tremendous success. What was that yeah. like? Where, when you came in kind of, where was yeah. the brand? And then, you know, what did you do to accelerate it? What were the big changes? Cor well, it was a team. It was definitely a team. Oh, Krista yeah, James, of course, of course, who is the, of course. who is the, who is the is, she is a, a brilliant product developer, brilliant, creative, impeccable taste. Uh, and just a, she's a smart, smart individual, great marketer. And I think, I think, I don't want to, uh, you know, the, the, the marketing team perhaps maybe she's had in the past. I, I don't know. Cause I, 
didn't know that, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, she, she, when she hired me and then she hired um, other sort of senior level individuals to help kind of bring her ideas to life and push it to the forefront. So I think I was one of the, you know, to help really guide the total marketing team to, to bring, to bring the brand to life. And at the time that was really, so one of the, First things I did with the Hourglass team was the launch of the Vanish Foundation Stick, Virtual mm. Skin Perfection, uh, Vanish Seamless Finish Foundation Stick. And that was 2015 or 16, 16. And that was like at the beginning or the, not the beginning, but you know, height of sort of uh, the new wave of influencer marketing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I remember one of my colleagues kept saying, all these other brands are doing influencer events. And I'm like, Okay, so let's do one. <laughs> you know, like she sort of was complaining, like, why can't we? And I said, who said we couldn't? Let's do it. Let's try. Let's like, and I think that's something throughout my career. I've always, I, I, if, if there's, if there's potential, you got to do it. You got to try yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You got to see it. And instead of what's worth, like, why would, don't complain, do. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, let's make a difference. A lot of people are frozen by indecision, right? They're so afraid of making a mistake. Analysis and paralysis is the worst. <laughs> get it done. Get it done. Just try it. So yeah. with that, does you have to have a little bit of fearlessness. But if you're grounded in your strategy, back to what we were saying, if you're grounded in your idea, you understand your brand values, you understand your strategy, you know what you're trying to achieve, then making the risks feel or like t- doing things that maybe seem different don't feel as risky if you know if you're coming from the right place. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So and so we we did a one of the first, I think their first sort of formal influencer event, and we just did it at the store at um, off of Abbott Kinney, and yep. in Venice, and it was great. So that so that was one of the things that. I did, and we watched. That's when we first found out about Tribe, and and watched. <laughs> but watched the and again back to like creators are so incredible in that their passion for beauty and their ability to educate and demonstrate. Uh, because at the time, the, the Vanish Foundation Stick was a new formula, and stick stick foundations weren't. It was a complete, completely innovative new formula Carissa had created. Weightless perfect skin, like it would give you sort of this virtual skin perfection, unlike anything in the market. Uh, we were concerned that someone might say, oh, a foundation stick, that's, you know, that's like a dated product because of foundation sticks in the past. Mm, but this, mm. but back to Chris's brilliance, she created this uh, totally innovative formula. So yeah. what was wonderful about then being able to work with creators at the time that they demonstrated it and they were able mm-hmm. to amplify that story and really show the proof, really demonstrate the proof. It was fun. So that was one thing that I worked on. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. And yeah. then, you know, obviously I think coming into an existing brand and starting a new brand are very different things. Yes. So what was the, uh, you know, with that being said, I would imagine when you first started, you know, there was some semblance of an idea in terms of what, you know, what rare beauty would become. But what mm-hmm. were the what were the differences in terms of challenges with starting a new brand from scratch versus, you know, working mm-hmm. with a brand that's uh, kind of, you know, had a long history already? Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the reasons why I joined the Rare team was because it's such a you don't get that opportunity to so often to start mm-hmm. something from the very beginning. And because I love storytelling so much, because I, 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 and I saw the potential of sort of understanding Selena's personal values and what mm-hmm. she, and a loose understanding of what she wanted to do before I sort of really um, heard from her firsthand. I, I it was, it was pretty exciting. So, uh, but the difference, you know, it's, 
that same, same, but different. Same in that there was a founder's vision that mm-hmm. you want, you need to help bring to life as best as possible. Yep. Uh, but with, with rare beauty, because nothing had been done, it was truly like when the first time I met Selena and sat down with her, such a wonderfully, like such a wonderful human, just disarmingly kind and purposeful <laughs> and really wanting to make a difference. And when she spoke and I remember I, we were going back and forth and I was like, Selena, why why do you want to do this? And she said, I, I want to create, she used the, she used these words. No, watch me, watch me, I messed it up. Okay. She said, I want to, I want to create a lane in the beauty and just in the industry where men and women feel welcome. Hmm. And, and I hadn't heard anything like that before. And I thought that is so, and that's so true to her community is so core to her and central to her as a person. And, and she's so, she has such, she has such honest and authentic conversations with her community as much as we all throw every brand throws around the word authenticity authentic (laughs) but it was so much so that it's almost become trite but in these instances it's there's no better word to describe it because she truly is just that and when she said the word welcome i thought that doesn't feel like anything else that really Mm -hmm. feels different and so we built rare beauty and as we continued to talk about it, and she she herself has been so personally open and honest about her mental health journey and how she said she wanted to create the space where people feel welcome and feel supported. And that how can a brand do that and then make you feel good? And mm-hmm, is it do you mm-hmm. feel good whether it's the type of content that we're putting out that makes you feel welcome, like images that make you feel like you belong or words that are subtle reminders of positivity or positive, you know, things to uplift or things like everything that we do with Rare Impact, which Rare Impact is the part of the company that is dedicated to making a difference in the world. And is that sharing conversations around mental health, educating around mental health, educating around trusted resources, and starting conversations around positive self-worth. And I think what is true and authentic to Selena, to Rare Beauty, that is who she is. That is what she, Mm -hmm. you talk to her for an afternoon, that is what you experience. And so she really wanted to make sure her ethos was echoed throughout the brand. And she's done a great job. Like she's been a wonderful person to work with to do just that. Which is not necessarily the perception of like a lot of celebrities, right? So, you know, when you get, I think the, uh, you know, likelihood of, of not being as friendly once you cross a hundred million fans increases, right? Like, she's the uh, coolest. it's pretty cool she's maintained that. She is the coolest. And then I would imagine from a mental health perspective, you know, that idea of like feeling good, right? Making yeah. people feel welcome. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just such a, I mean, particularly if you look at any of the data over the last year or so and the way that the pandemic has affected mental health, yeah. it's like, it was already a big issue before you guys got into yeah. this. And then, you know, it's gotten so much worse. So we started um, working on our, like sort of the mission of the brand and crystallizing sort of the, what, what it is. And we knew it wanted to be, we wanted to do something within mental health. And we started that in fall of 19, 2019. Mm-hmm. And as we mental health is, is multifaceted. And when we said, 
okay, what do we want? What can we really do to make an impact as a brand? Uh, when we looked at sort of the concept of loneliness and how it become, it often is the beginning of many other things. And that back to what Selena said about wanting people to feel welcome and then knowing how we can create community, create a trusted brand, not just to create a trusted brand, but create, create community, not just brand to community member, but community member to community member. And I can talk to you mm-hmm. a little bit about how, how we did that, but that felt to us like a real space that felt, felt authentic to the brand, like that a brand could yep. really t- do that to create that connectivity. Um, and so, so that's where it came from. And then, you know, lo and behold, we're in the worldwide pandemic and, and loneliness is m- more apparent than ever. Mm-hmm. So we were one of the things that we set out to do. So we announced the brand in January of 2020. We announced that the brand was coming, but because we, with the intent, Selena wanted to sort of pull the curtain back and bring people along as we built the brand, because she said, listen, I'm doing this not for my community, but with the community. And that's, yep. I was like, that's, yeah, you're right. You are. So that's why you want them to feel welcome. Not everybody you want does them it that way though. That's obviously, I mean, that's really similar to the way that uh, Mariana Hewitt talked about Summer Fridays. Oh, that's it was cool. like, yeah. I'm like doing this like almost on behalf of the community, right? Yeah. Like we're doing yeah. this together. Yeah. Um, well, when we think than, about, yeah. When we think about the mental health work that we do, so much of it is for them. Like it's educating, it's understanding the resources that are out there for them. It's not to help someone else. It's, it's truly to give back to them. But anyway, so... Um, one of the things to sort of create community and connection, we said, oh, let's do a community call and let's do a campaign as the chief marketing officer. I'm like, how great would it be to have our community in in one of our first launch campaigns? Mm-hmm. But even more so, kind of walk the walk of what we're talking and get them to meet one another. What if we could actually get our community to meet in person? And yes, of course, get these great images, but then also really even more so create new friendships. Like how often do you really meet new friends? So we did this thing called a community casting call and, uh, or a community call, not community casting call, a community call. And, but we said, we want to hear your story. We want to hear why you're rare. Not, we don't want to hear, we want to see what you look like. It's really yep. about your story because we want to celebrate your story. We did a call to, you know, a call to action, send in your story, whatever. We had 150,000 in within three days, um, uh, tra- 50,000 people visit our site. 21,000 people actually send in their story. And I thought, are we going to get real story? Like, is this going to be, <laughs> what are we going to get? You never know. You never yeah, know. Yeah, of course. And but we got amazing, wonderful, open, honest stories of people sharing why they were rare. And mm-hmm. this was January, February, something. Uh, and so we started reading through them, but we didn't, then the, then COVID hit. So, so we never, we had to postpone the whole shoot event concept, bringing them together, which was the pits, obviously. And I would like to bring it back, but I don't know when, uh, you know, and st- still resume what we were trying. But in the meantime, we thought, what are, we have no playbook. What are we supposed to do in, in, in a pandemic? So we postponed the, the, the shoot and, and flying people to Los Angeles. But we, what we did do was then leverage these, these group, this, uh, these 21,000 people and just started picking people at random and started mm-hmm. talking to them on Zoom. And every week, cool. almost every week since March of last year, so for about a year, 
we have been having these things that we call them rare chats. And there's about 10, eight or 10 people per chat. And we've gotten to know our community. And it's, you know, it's, it's invigorating for the team. It's fun to just have open and honest conversations with your community to hear what they're doing. What are you watching? What do you want? Things like, what are you watching on Netflix to like, how are you feeling to not just like, what do you want to see from rare beauty? We could, sometimes we talk about that, but it's not like we don't, it's really truly a two-way conversation. And what I love is that they have become friends with one another because I see it on, I see it on Instagram. I see them talk to each other and, and now we know who they are. So when I see my Texas queen comment on Instagram, <laughs> I know that that's Victoria, you know, or when I see Tuscany Amos, like I know who that, I know Jaina Ann, like I actually know. Know who these people are, like yes. the comments, like who is this yes. commenter? It's not yes. just some handle. I've met them, we've talked to them, or they know the team, or they know Katie, or Grace, or Ashley, or Amani. And that is, that has been cool. Well, that's, that's like been, the, I, I'm such a broken record on this topic, but like, that's just, that's the magic of the internet, right? Is yeah, you know, I can yeah. be sitting here in, you know, in California and have conversations with my customers all yeah. around the world, one to one in a way that's meaningful um, at scale. Right. Like yeah. you can just do that. And you never were able to do that before. No. And that's just no. such a powerful, such a powerful tool that's yeah. totally underutilized. Yeah. So we've really been able to foster community and Selena's joined a few of the calls and it's just been awesome. I can so imagine people freak out when Selena's on there. Um, that probably goes over pretty do. well. <laughs> oh my God, they do. But she is, you know, God, I mean, I, she, it, it brings, like, it makes my eyes well because they say to her, you see me, like you hear me. It's so, and it's true. It's like, she has this superpower of seeing people's inner beauty. And I, I've watched it in person. It's, it's pretty magical. No, that's super cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the effects of all that, all that yeah. good feelings, right? Like the brand has been growing rapidly, I have to imagine. Um, what has, what have been some of the challenges with that growth, right? So I would imagine again, going back to your past, you're typically going into an existing brand, right? Yes. You tick up the growth rate from 10 to 30% or whatever, right? But this is like from zero to $20 million in revenue, right? Or whatever the number is. And so what's that been like? How has that experience been? Well, and <laughs> let's do it in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's exactly. do it from let's... your kitchen table. <laughs> How about that? Oh, man. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that one. Like, and then, yeah. And then let's have your whole launch plan go right out the window. The like Everything that you traditionally, <laughs> right. So it's, whatever you traditionally know works, like do a big launch <laughs> event. You're not going to do it. You're, you can't. Well, or and like again, shoot. you guys have had, I think, either the most successful or second most successful launch we've ever tracked behind Fenty. Oh so there you go. At least from an EMB perspective, right? Not so what? yeah, well, what's, that, what's that been like? What have been some of the challenges? It's hard. Every every challenge, every challenge. Yeah. And and hopefully every challenge we've overcome. I'm so proud and, and feel so gra such gratitude for the team, my peers, my colleagues, my, my team, because it was hard and there was no playbook and, and it's so how do, where do I even begin? I mean, everything from content, like we have to create, you think about what a brand, what's required of a brand to launch a website, to launch a brand <laughs> on Sephora, to launch a gondola. First and foremost, it's a lot of content. You need video, you know, you need a hero image. You need 
all so, and then it was 150 SKUs. So yes, you, so it's not just like launching, you know, once you've launched a brand, it's usually like quarterly launches. And maybe with each of those quarterly launches, there's uh, just a handful of products, but this was like, we're going to launch everything, you know, and a brand. And you're not going to have any of the traditional tools that you have to do it. So <laughs> you literally thankfully, can't do photo shoots. So enjoy that. <laughs> no. So thankfully, we, we did have one massive photo shoot in January before, you know, the world went into quarantine. And with that, we were able to get a, a, a ton, thankfully, and just really sort of sweat those assets. Uh, but then the world went into quarantine. We still I think I had about five shoots scheduled from March to May of stuff that Sephora needed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the, I mean, my goodness, they laughed to this day because they were like, Katie, what are we going to do? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get back to you on that, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out because we can, everything, we can figure it all out. I just don't have the answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> on this particular call? There were, there were a lot of calls like that. And so I have to, on this public forum, I will say thank you to the Sephora team for trusting me. Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't I mean, know. they had a lot to figure because out too, i we couldn't sure. get, like, I could not have Selena or models, like, or photographer. Like, you just couldn't do it. There it yeah, wasn't a building. Yeah, it wasn't possible. Yeah. So we did, so Selena did a lot of tutorial videos, a lot of, um, beauty advisor training, everything from her bedroom. And you will, you could see, we have some really great YouTube. These were assets that we used in digital marketing on our Sephora P page, on our homepage or on our, on our website rather. And, it, and you might've gotten more of her time this way than yeah. you would have otherwise. It might've worked out well from that perspective. Cause she's stuck in her house and like, <laughs> you know, what else is she going to do? Um, she, what was cool was how, I mean, part of the, the makeup, part of the, the, the sort of ethos behind the brand is makeup made to feel good in without hiding what makes you unique. And the products are all very, are lightweight and easy to use. And when you see Selena doing it, like there were no professional photographers, no professional lighting, no makeup artists, like that's as real as it gets. So that was pretty cool. I, I will admit, I hate to say anything is a silver lining with COVID because it really well, hasn't of course, been, of course, of course, of course but of course, yeah. it was, um, you know, that was an interesting outcome. And then the other thing that was tough is that when you launch a foundation and concealer, 48 shades of foundation and concealer, it, it's best practice. It's recommended that you have 48 individuals wearing the product so that when you are on the website, the e-commerce site, you can help find your shade. Because there's just, it's so tough to find your foundation shade on a, on a website, on .com. So how can we eliminate the barriers as best as possible? So I got so many questions. When are you, how are you going to, and I was like, 40, how do I get 48 people? In a, like, how I do I do this? I can't meet in person that, that I, I can't, can't like, yeah. So we, I like to call it the Herculean effort. We, um, we found 48 individuals back and forth casted and we sent them all a primer, a foundation, a concealer and a ring light. And mm. they, each of the people had to have an iPhone X or whatever the latest iPhone was simply because we needed to have like, that was the quality because they were doing yep. it themselves and just to have the consistency of quality. And the, they give, we give a little bit of art direction, like stand against a white wall and smile. <laughs> I mean, we had to do and, the same thing with the podcast. I tried recording yeah. one outside and I was like, it was like our second one with the Dermalogica CEO, Aurelian. Yeah. And my, my computer yeah. overheated because it was 95 degrees outside. And like, oh, I man. ended up 
the second half of the recording, I had to put ice packs under the laptop in order to like finish the recording. Cause it, and then on top of that, we lost the whole first half of the recording. And so like it was anyway. So yes, keep going. Yeah. So similar content, feelings, content in the time of COVID. Uh, so, so, but then it worked out. So we have, you know, we have 48 images of people wearing our foundations and, and primer and concealer. And it, that was truly it. No makeup artist, no professional lighting, no professional photographers. And that I kind of loved as well because it really showed the authenticity of the product and how easy it was to use. And so we've maintained some of the virtual. And I think what's in interesting coming out of this, it, what, what the pandemic did is that it forced us to reimagine how we create content for a brand and how we, how we execute so much of our creative. And we, I mean, we're still, you know, we're still not fully back. So we, from there, we launched more products. We had to do more of these virtual shoots. So we kind of got the virtual shoot thing down. Um, yeah. But, but it's hard. It's what's hard is, yeah, that, you know, you're building everything. You're kind of building the plane while it's in the air. So you're, you're building processes. You're, um, everyone's wearing a different hat. There's no roles and responsibilities are mixed and blurred. Um, and all you can do is just hold, sort of hold hands and be kind to one another and go for it. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing was to ground everyone in your brand values and mission and vision, because you're all moving so quickly that if you're not grounded in that, you you could run the risk of sort of diluting the brand or doing sort of the quote unquote wrong thing. Yeah, I feel like focus is so critical yeah. if you actually like believe in your values, right? Because it kind of mm -hmm. centers you and grounds you. Mm -hmm. Um well, let's, I want to do one more question about okay. marketing and we're going to talk okay. about, I want to talk about influencers for a second okay. and then we're going to get into, uh, get into a couple fun end of show questions. Okay. Um, so let's talk about influencers first. Um, okay. so for you, you know, obviously you've been doing this for a long time and you've been very successful at it, right? Just from a numerical perspective, the brands that you've been with have done really well. So what has been your approach? If you were to distill it down into two or three core philosophies, you know, what, what would those be? Um, how do you think about it? I think about, about influencer marketing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or creator marketing or whatever term you want to use. Creator marketing. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I admire, and I'm so appreciative. I'm a, I'm a, I am an ad, I'm, I am an admirer of creators mm -hmm. because I love People, I love people who are passionate about beauty, first and foremost. You love makeup, I love you. Like, I really, <laughs> truly, that's what I think is so, because it is like this, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an enthu, it's a passion point. It's a group of enthusiasts. And I can, I have that shared enthusiasm and that shared passion and appreciation for beauty. And I love watching, whether it's the artistry, the opinions, the, the 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 education, the demonstration, the approach. I just am an admirer first, first and foremost, and I think honestly, I think that is that is important, and I think that's a point of differentiation because I don't view creators as media planning for people. It could be, I think, once you understand it. But first and foremost, I I love them. Like I'm a fan. I watch YouTube videos, and I think what's unique about Rare Beauty is that the whole team loves creators like mm -hmm. from our ceo to everybody oh yeah we're, we're, we're well, a creator built, it, a lot of it's the former nicks team right which was kind of yeah. the original 
Yeah. Uh, the real original influencer yeah. brand. They just, they brand. just, they just like, we just like it. And I, I yeah. just like, I like people who like beauty truly. Cause I think it's fun to see how it all comes to life. So from there, I think it's an appreciation and then it's relationship building. And mm-hmm. how do you find, how do you build the relationships with individuals who can help tell your brand story? And then third, so it's appreciation, relationship, uh, then it's finding like-minded values and finding one's individuals who make sense to talk about your brand, whether are they, do they start out as fans of the brand and they discover it and they like mm-hmm. a product or a brand value or a mission or something, initiative, or you find them and you say, you know what, this person might actually be interested in this. Maybe I yep. can build that relationship and talk to them about it. Um, and that could be anything that could be for a product that could be for an initiative. I mean, they could, we have a, an incredible liquid liner, perfect strokes, liquid liner. Maybe there's a creator who is known for his or her cat eye, you know? And so yeah, from that, I would yeah. want to make sure that that person, because they're so great at the cat eye, do the, ha- you know, do they know our perfect strokes liner or on the flip side, it could be someone who, uh, is open and honest about mental health. And maybe they came to us because they said, you know what? I really appreciate what you're doing with the rare beauty mental health council and your partnership with NAMI. And so I think that's where it's appreciating and paying attention and, uh, building that relationship. No, that's great. I mean, it's just dead in line with what we've seen work consistently over time. Um, so not surprising to hear it from you, but it's always great. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, it's there's a reason you guys have done well. Um, oh, okay, let's do a couple fun end of show questions. Okay. Uh, first one, uh, maybe this one isn't fun, but I'm just curious to hear your answer. So after people are done working with you, um, what would you hope they would say about you? Okay. I know. I don't know if this well, is fun, but this is, yeah, I, this that, is fun this for me. Is a, <laughs> I would hope they would say that she's smart. She's a good okay. story and that she's a good storyteller. I, I, what I think I am good. I mean, this all realizing this, mind you only comes with age. What I think I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping they see this is seeing, seeing the potential in something or someone and bringing it to life. How do you tell that story? How do you thread that needle? How do you make it come to life so that it makes an impact? I like that. And, and like upbeat, positive energy, all that stuff too. Of course. <laughs> I think, no, I think the thing I really like that you said in there is that like getting to know yourself, like mm. one, like one of the things that I've really come to realize is like, you know, you don't need to like fight your way upstream on things, right? Like when you find something that you're really good at, like, and that you enjoy, dive into that. Don't resist yeah. it. Don't, yeah. you know, there's, you certainly want to round yourself out off and, you know, be able to be uh, good at things that are important, but you also shouldn't resist specialization. I think it's actually just, uh, I'm a huge fan yeah. of it. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I agree. And it, and it takes a little, it takes time to figure it out. And I, another thing that I talked to the mentees about and that I think is really important is to not just go through the motions. Like even in frustrating situations, you can, you can, you're, you can learn something and understand whether it's the way you react to something, the way you react to someone else. Why are you doing this? Why is the company doing this? Like, what can you learn? What can you gain? And all of that just contributes to 
understanding who you are and your self-awareness as a person so that when you do get to a certain role where you know you need to hire a team around you or execute something superbly, you know where your strengths are. Because I think I used to be a person who needed to control everything, thought that they had to have the idea, you could do it. That's not human. You can't. No one, and if you try to do that, you will fail because, or, or you, you will fail or you will damage yourself. Like it's too hard. It's too hard on the individual. If, if you, if you are that magic human who can do everything instead, why can't you figure out what, where, you know, your strengths lie and then find those who compliment you, whether they're your peers, your bosses, or your team to then really make the strongest, the effort as strong as possible. But it takes time to figure that out. But you really have, you have to be present. Man, this sounds woo-woo, but you have to be, <laughs> but it's true. You have to be present in yourself and your job and you just can't. The other thing is it's like, I don't know. Anyway, you, you just really have to be present <laughs> no, in yourself. No, no. You mean, have to be present in yourself to understand, to understand why you're doing some things and how you're reacting. And then I think also like it helps to have that empathy to understand where others are coming from too. So like, okay, that's their strength. That's why they're reacting this way. I don't know. It helps you become a better team player, I think. Yeah. Or, or leader. Of course. And I think, you know, the reality is, I think one of the other things that I've learned is that, you know, you can't do everything, right? And like mm -mm. The, uh, mm -mm. the analogy I always really liked was uh, from this woman. So she was the, I can't remember that. I can't remember what the name of it is. Basically ran like a university, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, what, and it, this is particularly targeted towards women, but she's like, when mm -hmm. you're, when you grow up, you're told that you need to be a great mom and you need to be a partner at the law firm and you need to be at all the PTA meetings and you need to be like all of these different things. And she's like, the reality is that like, you can't be all of those things, right? Like you can't go to your kid. You can't like have dinner with your kids every night and be a partner at the law firm. Like that's just right. not like those things don't happen simultaneously. Yeah. And she's like, so what you need to do is be comfortable, like make the decision, right? Think about the things that you want. Think about the things that are important to you and then make a decision and then be fully yeah. comfortable with that decision. And like yeah. they, um, I think, I can't remember if it was in that article, but, uh, or another, but they likened it to a stove, right? So you've got four different burners. So you've got friends, family, work, and health. Those are the four things. And they're like, if you really want to be good at something, you can only pick two, right? You can two? only pick two out of the four. Like, yeah. if you, you know, you can stretch it to three, right? Like you're, yeah. you're not going to totally give up on one of them, but like, yeah. you know, pick your two or three and like really focus on it. Yeah. I know for me, you know, especially after we had kids, like it was like, okay, for me right now, it's family and it's work, right? And then a little bit of health, but I'm choosing to not spend, you know, emphasize time on my friends. And like, yes. I have to be comfortable with yeah. that because I'm not going to be able to do that, right? Yeah. And so, but it, I think thinking about it in that way makes you not as like upset. You're like, well, why am I not spending as much time with my friends? It's like, well, I've made yeah. the choice to focus here. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so I, I'm a you big know, fan of that. I, I totally agree. And well, cause there's a few things. I, a bunch of my team, they say like, I want more work-life, not team, but like the mentees. Yep. They said, what about work-life balance? How do you do work-life balance? And I said, there's, I think it's about work-life harmony. I, I once heard Jeff Bezos speak and he talked about, that was the way he answered the question was that it's about work-life harmony. Now, whatever your opinion is of sort of the Amazon work-life harmony, but there was a lot of validity and truth to that. I think some days work is going to be a little bit more than uh, the life and, and vice versa. But to your stove, your stove analogy, uh, I remember Robin Burns once 
So I worked at Victoria's Secret Beauty. That was my first beauty job. Um, not my first, my first job was Macy's, then Victoria's Secret. And Robin was running Victoria's Secret at the time. And I remember she said, there's always something that has to give a little. So it's mm -hmm. your same thing about the stove. And I, that, that has stayed with me. Like sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's work, or like whatever those, that thing may be. And I think you're right. It's how are you cognizant and then confident in what you choose to sort of give into well, and, and in my yeah, 30s, I think I just went through the motions. I don't think I realized <laughs> that in my 30s. I'm serious. Yeah. Just do, do, do. But anyway, maybe 30s people, people in their 30s now are a little bit more introspective. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's funny you bring up Bezos, right? One of the other things I observed that was really interesting was, you know, I read, like you talk a lot about different books you've read, right? And a lot of these are business, marketing, et cetera, yeah. oriented. And one of the things I started to observe as I was reading these books, right? Because I've read the Steve Jobs biography. I've read um, uh, just a bunch of these different books, right? You look at the yeah. new one that came out from the Disney CEO. Um, yeah. And what's really interesting is you can see what choices they made too, right? As I was reading this book from a Disney CEO, who, you know, CEO, Disney is incredibly successful and he's risen up the ranks over the years. Um, you know, he'd be like, oh, you know, it was actually really important for me to move new to New York. And so, you know, so I told my wife that I had to go and he was just lived in New York for like two years without his family and like, you know, would visit them occasionally. And that was like a sentence in the book. Needless to say, that marriage didn't last. Right. And you look at Steve Jobs, marriage didn't last. Look at Bezos, yeah. marriage didn't last. You look at Bill yeah. Gates more recently. Right. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with divorce. Right. But there you can clearly tell that there were decisions made to prioritize different things. And that's OK. Right. It's OK that they made those decisions. Um, but it also for me, upon reflection, when I look at that, I say, well, that's not the decision. Like, that's not where I want to end up. Right. Even though I want to be a really successful business leader and even though I want to accomplish these great things, like for me, family is just super important because I think the opportunity to build a 40, 50 year relationship is just like really powerful. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh I think sometimes kind of leaders can get mythologized a little bit and what Bezos has accomplished is absolutely incredible and there's a lot to learn from it. But also it's like, it was just crazy. It was like every single business leader that I've read a book from is divorced. Like that's insane. Like that's just, like it's just so nuts. Um, anyways, sorry. We're getting so off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> this is supposed to be the fun question. That's okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, okay. So last question, you know, yeah. you talked about, uh, I was reading an article about you it talked about how much you believe in like getting good sleep, waking up early, yeah. prepping your day. What yeah. is your morning routine? What does it look like? We already know what the eight to eight thirty time slot looks like. I think yeah. that's the yeah. mentoring period, right? Yeah. What's, what's your morning routine? Well, it was much better before TikTok. I tell you what, I'm, <laughs> try, I'm really trying to not go straight to my phone. Man, yeah, it wasn't yeah. easy. Um, <laughs> no, I I wake up. Uh, my friend Christina Zilber from the founder of Jouer Cosmetics. Yeah, she got she's me great. using. She's awesome. So she uh, she introduced me to the five minute journal, ah, and so I've okay. been doing that, uh, and it's so easy. What like is that, it? I don't know what it is. It's basically like you to say like five things, like things that will like what's going to, what you're grateful for, things that will make the day great. And yep, then at the yep. end of the day, it's one page per day. And the end of the day, it's a recap of sort of what went well about the day and what you're grateful yeah. for sort of thing. So no, it's, just, I did it's, a, it's a I journaling, did kind of it's a gratitude journal journaling. practice. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's almost like 
not, I don't want to say for dummies, but it, it makes it simple. Like sometimes yeah. journaling, like if you just look at a blank journal, that's quite daunting. And you're like, well, I'm going to just go to bed. But if it's a very simple form to fill out every day, that's, it's easier to do. And it does sort of make you realize like, oh, that, that happened and that was great. So anyway, so I start with a five minute journal and uh, take the dog on a walk, make coffee, do some sort of exercise, 30 minutes of something. And, yeah. uh, and then try and read some of those, some of those newsletters. I do think it's important. The world is changing so fast, the marketing world that I try to keep my finger on the pulse of as much as possible. As soon as it launches, I'm really into live streaming platforms. I'm really into nudists right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, yeah. The, I got the, into, the uh, I don't know if it's productive at all, but I definitely, I really got into streaming, but more specifically game streaming. Cause yeah. I'm like trying to learn about it. Cause we're probably sure. going to go into gaming eventually. And, uh, and I was like, okay, you know, kind of looked at different games and like, I got some advice from somebody internally that watches Twitch. So I found a game that I used to play and then now it's like, I watch it literally every day. Like while I'm working, it's just like what I have on in the background. I'm like, this yeah. is so weird. Uh, I did yeah. not imagine myself watching video games and now I do it. So yeah. that's, that's cool. It's interesting. Yeah. So well, imagine, like, I like watching people put on makeup. Yeah, absolutely. Same kind of thing, right? Um, yeah. Like you wouldn't have imagined, I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't have imagined that would be something they enjoy. And now it's like, uh, you know, you just have it on the background while you're doing your work and yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I really appreciate you taking out the time, Katie. And oh, uh, thanks, I had a Connor. lot of fun today. This was awesome. Likewise. And Likewise. Uh, congratulations on all your success. Thanks. I love your mentoring. Thanks. Um, I think uh, hopefully your TikTok career doesn't take off too much and, and nice. Medi and the team lose you. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything to worry about. <laughs> no, you never know. I don't know. I, Just one viral video away. <laughs> But no, I appreciate it so much. It was, uh, uh, this was awesome. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. This is great. All right. Thanks, Katie. Bye. Bye. Hit subscribe now. Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Tribe Dynamics unlocks your social media influencer community. Our platform not only tracks and measures your best influencer relationships, but discovers new influencers to grow your business through earned media. Get started with a demo today.